just bought a case Better than running ring That's why we're here to sing Football Sunday in the snow With a breeze whistle blows Weekend warriors toe to toe Football 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 Yes, yes, people. Welcome to another edition of North London 40. Woo! My name is James Hamlin. My name is Inye Benigo. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another week in the NFL, the best sports league in the world. We will be breaking down for you over the next hour or so, giving you the best aspects of what was week 13. Lots happening, lots to talk about. Uh, the birth in the BCS game was decided. Notre Dame have an opponent. We'll be talking about that. It was the end of the fantasy regular season. Next week starts the real playoffs. Mm-hmm. The fantasy football They're playoffs. The important playoffs, let's be honest. Fantasy football playoffs start next week. We're going to be talking a little bit about fantasy playoffs as well. Before we break down week 13, proper like. Let's get on with some housekeeping. We are North London 40. London's favourite sporting podcast, breaking down all things NFL in the way that we do. Hit us up on Twitter. Thank you, everybody that hits us up on Twitter, at NLDN40 on the Twitter. Mixcloud.com forward slash NLDN40 if you want to stream us. If you want to listen to us on subscription on your Apple device, we are on iTunes. NorthLondon40.tumblr.com to follow our Tumblr. James, sorry, today... We we actually kind of broke a little bit of a story before major news outlets. Whoa. We were one of the first people to post the picture of the fan with the Jets jersey with the butt fungible on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and now everybody knows that we were first. Yes. We may not have the reach of Bloomberg, but we were first. <laughs> so that's important in the internet age. Yeah, it is. Got to plant that flag. Thanks to everybody that follows us, ats us, communicates with us on wrong social media channels and retweets the Tumblr and checks all that stuff out. We really, really appreciate you being involved. This is your show. So it is great to have you on board. Mm-hmm. Let's start week 13 with, well, not so much some sad news, some absolutely devastating news. It was a very different week in the NFL in Kansas City. Kansas City linebacker, Jovan Belcher, the day before Sunday's home game against the Carolina Panthers, committed suicides on the Kansas City facility in the presence of Kansas City head coach Romeo Cornell, Kansas City GM Scott Pioli. And it's now come out that prior to that, he had killed his 22-year-old girlfriend, Cassandra Perkins, at their Kansas City home. Awful, awful story, and I'm sure you've seen it covered in media outlets since then, and rightfully so. And, you know, we recommend that you go and research the story and obviously pay the respects that are due. A couple of lives have been lost, and it's extremely sad, but a football game still went on. Do you think the game should have gone on? It's hard to say, and I think we should be careful of what we do say around this because, you know, we're not involved at all. Mm -hmm. But I think we come from a culture where... Games are cancelled for all sorts of reasons, and and somebody died and somebody dived there, and there's arguments on both sides. Let's get on with life. Let's move on. 
whoever made the decision had a very, very tough decision. And I don't want to sit here and say I dispute what they did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I would have liked to have made that decision for them. I wouldn't. But it seems to be a little early. Mm-hmm. The team captains, they got together and they decided they should move on. And they said that it's it's a Sunday. What else are they going to be doing? They need to be getting on with the task of playing these games. And for those of you who have been listening to us talking about the pod, we haven't really been mentioning the Kansas City Chiefs because they aren't particularly doing very well. But this is a team that hasn't hasn't been playing well. Earlier in the season, fans booed when one of their players was laid out on the floor. And one of the linemen even came out and said, you know, we're not gladiators, we're human beings. Even recently, uh, a fan died and in his obituary mentioned that the cause of his death was grief caused by the Kansas City Chief. And these are all sort of things that kind of get us all swept up in the football and the machismo and sort of the nature of the sport. But at the end of the day, lives were lost and our thoughts and prayers are out to the family of Cassandra Perkins and their three-month-old child, Zoe, and to the whole Kansas City organization. Romeo Cornell handled himself with class. Um, he was quite an emotional press conference. 2012 is going to go down as one of those seasons of so many different stories, and, and this is just another chapter, and hopefully we can all move on. So a game did take place. A terrible backdrop to a game, but a game did take place, and it resulted in a victory for the Kansas City Chiefs in a battle to... A chance to pick up Matt Barkley, potentially. Obviously very useful to the Kansas City Chiefs. A game did take place, and it was won by the Chiefs. Jamal Charles returned to the party. Don't know where he's been. Peyton Hillis didn't realise he even still played. Mm -hmm. He was actually the player that brought the team together. He led prayers before the game, sort of got everyone G'd up and read them Bible scriptures to get them all sort of having that sense of brotherhood to get them through this game and as as you said competent Chiefs victory who would have thought it virtually no turnovers just just they did enough it was an emotional win and to see the hug between Brady Quinn and Romeo Cornell at the end was was quite touching could be used as an impetus to help with the healing process we shall see snapped an 8 game losing skid for the Chiefs and they move on and the Panthers don't move on. And poor old Cam Newton is continuing to put up okay stats, but still not picking up the win, so the pressure continues to mount on that young man. Lots and lots of early games. Lots of bananas early games. Hashtag bananas. Lots to talk about. Probably the most bananas game took place in Chicago. Soldier Field. The Chicago Bears. Heavily favoured against... The Ballad of Russell Wilson and his Seattle Seahawks. This man continues to do amazing things. Chicago Bears 17, Seattle Seahawks 23. This was some game. You're missing a key, key thing with that. In overtime. I was going to get to that. Okay. In case you didn't see the game, it it was a fantastic situation. Russell Wilson drove the team down the field with no time left. Touchdown by Golden Tate. Who doesn't do things normally, 
this is a man that has to do something extreme, not in a sort of an arrogant way. He, every play he makes is amazing. I reckon when he makes tea, he probably does it upside down. Mate, he's living his life like it's golden. True. I, I made a really stupid joke that, you know, he's Rihanna's favourite player because Tate, 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 Tate. Anyway, one for the Rihanna fan. He doesn't get a nickname because he already has a nickname. Mm-hmm. He's called Golden, so he has to be a bit special. He loves doing things on the big stage. He's fantastic. Great to have on your fantasy seat team, I'm sure, because he does nothing one week and then racks up points all over the place the next week. Amazing. So it looked like the Seahawks had won this one. Jay Cutler had 26 seconds left. Did what only Jay Cutler can do, nonchalantly pulled the trigger and hurled a 50-yard bomb down the sideline, caught by Brandon Marshall, who was obviously going to get targeted the ball. (laughs) The Bears got a field goal, went to OT, but then Russell Wilson again. Drove down the field. Sidney Rice, who got a shot on the goal line, Mm -hmm. scored the touchdown. And in the overtime rules as we know it, if you score a touchdown first, there is no comeback. Big win for Seattle. Tell me, what is this Chicago Bears team? What are they? I can't figure them out. They, They either beat teams up or they lose, you know, quite close games. And, and to be honest, this is a game that everyone's going to look at Russell Wilson and be like, wow, game winning drive to win at the end. But let's not, let's not forget the fact that Jay Cutler threw to Brandon Marshall, what, over 40 yards. Robbie Gold, field goal to tie it. This was a game that, at the end of the day, they could have won. But they didn't stop. They didn't stop Russell Wilson. Basically, he had three drives of over 70 yards in the game. It's not the same impounding Chicago defense that stops teams dead to rights. Because, ultimately, on third and two and third and four, on that final drive in overtime, Russell Wilson took off, made those extra yards with his feet. Russell Wilson is not necessarily known as a mobile quarterback, but the ability for him to do that and the fact that the Bears were not able to stop him to do so meant that they lost this game. I've also got another question for you, James. Good. If Jay Cutler was black, would he be given the same treatment that he's given now? You're asking me and if he was black question. Why not? That makes sense. A great article this week came out on Deadspin about Jay Cutler and whether he, whether he was an MVP candidate based on the value he brings to his team. I think he's got something in his contract which means they have to employ absolutely terrible second-string quarterbacks to make him look better. <laughs> he's very like Andy Murray in my eyes. Insanely talented. Mm-hmm. Great work ethic. Fantastic player. Just really, really hard to like. Yeah. And his antics don't help himself. I think his antics are tolerated because he's that good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was black or not. People would think about him differently. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Would I say, I'll I'll counteract that with saying, I think that the reason why we got the smoking Jay Cutler meme this year is partly because he's aloof. You don't know whether he's on the sidelines caring. This is a very passionate sport. And I wonder if that aloofness translated to, let's say, another athlete let's say, a Des Bryant, for example, would that aloofness be then be viewed as immaturity or not caring? Or? I think you tie it to the position because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's hard to be aloof and play that position yeah. because you have to be a leader and a leader of men. I think there's lots of 
people in sports that are very aloof, keep their opinions to the, and their emotions to themselves, have certain relationships with the media, and no one thinks any less of those people as athletes. Yeah. However, Jay Cutler in the position he's in, he's in a big media market on a big contract, and he's a top seven, eight NFL quarterback. People know that. So, I don't know. I think people tolerate him, but he's got Brandon Marshall this year. He's got a running game. He's got a defense. He's got to deliver. Bears mm-hmm. have still got the fourth best record in the NFC. So, not out of it, but only won two of their last five. Another quarterback that is absolutely on fire. Whether he does tie up the Rookie of the Year award probably depends on maybe the result of tonight's game on Monday Night Football. But another fantastic performance from either the runner-up or the winner of the Rookie of the Year in Indianapolis, Andrew Luck, who threw a 14-yard TD to Donny Avery with no time left on the clock to beat the woeful Detroit Lions, 35-33. to Great performance from Luck. Fantastic. Just what can you say about this Colts team? <laughs> We've been through it talking about you know the Chuck Strong stuff, the team pulling together, Reggie Wayne being his only viable option... He's great. This is his fourth game-winning drive that he's put together this season. The Colts are eight and four after being what two and fourteen last year. James, I'm going to put the question to you. Please. Is Luck the front runner in the rookie MVP? I can't call it. I think the fact that Luck got picked to the Heisman mm-hmm. will help will help his votes. It shouldn't. It just will because mm-hmm. voting works like that. I think it just depends how the Skins do the rest of the season. If the Skins steal a playoff spot and RG3 continues to play at that level, it's extremely hard to call. Luck is playing at a very high level in a team that's winning mm-hmm. and should be going to the playoffs. So I think it's Luck because of what he's done on a swing of that team. But also RG3 what he's done and what he's brought to the table with some of his performances. So, a little bit hard to call. Guns ahead. I'm calling Andrew Luck. Also, he overcame three interceptions in this game. This was a game that should have been dead and buried. If there's anything... This game was great because this is... This was a game between two NFL teams who... One of them was a new team building around this new quarterback with a sort of... The new salary cap rules meant that he's not handicapping his team against this Detroit team which has been built on the old rules and is now handicapped to effectively three players and their ability that means that they do not have the ability to go ahead and build and so right now the Lions are going to be like this they're going to be a team that should be better but they're not going to get better and they're going to be overtaken by these new young quarterback driven teams who knows? Even a team like the Rams could be better than the Lions next season. I think Jim Schwartz, or Jim Schwantz, as I saw him called on Twitter, <laughs> isn't in Detroit next season. He's got four games to keep his job, but it ain't looking good for Detroit. And it's hard to write checks if your ass doesn't cash them. Mm-hmm. And this Detroit team, through his antics, through some of their players' antics over the past 18 months, they've rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. So... I think it's tough for Detroit fans because, again, they're in a lot of close games and they can play some exciting football, but just not good enough at 
all at the root of the division. Don't see them winning more games from here on in. Last week we saw some horrible defending by the San Diego Chargers on that 4th and 29. <laughs> this week we saw some not as bad but just as costly defending by the Detroit Lions on that last play. Everyone was in a prevent defense and they completely missed Avery on a simple crossing route. And they gave Andrew Locke all that time. It was oh, it's embarrassing to watch. I think the word you're looking for, mate, is village. Another early game in which we saw the next start from the Big Cup regime <laughs> in San Francisco. And it didn't quite work out his way. This was looking like a second tie between two teams in the same division, in yeah. the same season. And I think all us neutrals out there just wanted that to happen yeah. because a team with two ties, it just never happens. And we just wanted to see, a bit like the Millennium Bug, what was going to break as a result of that. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick did some great stuff in this game, did some terrible stuff in this game. The pitch to Ted Ginn, which, if you haven't seen it, pretty damn reckless, ended up costing them the game, which they lost to the St. Louis Rams, 13 points to 16. Who starts in San Francisco next week? Jim Harbour stupidly said, I'm going to go with, with whichever quarterback has the hot hand. And this week we saw Kaepernick literally have a hot hand and throw that ball <laughs> horribly to, to Ken Jr., Ginn Jr. could have done some couple of things, maybe protected the ball, kicked it out of play, maybe prevented that from actually occurring. And it wasn't necessarily Kaepernick's fault. He's still working out the kinks in his game. I think that we saw him do an intentional grounding where he should have taken a sack much earlier. But at the same time, he does things that Alex Smith cannot do. That 50-yard run in the f late in the fourth quarter was something you are not going to be able to see Alex Smith do. But, Young Jeezy. Arson Marshall Falk are probably the only people calling him Young Jeezy still because everyone seems to enjoy Gre Greg the Leg. But I, no, I don't enjoy that. No, I, I'd rather not call someone Greg the Leg. That sounds like a porno sort of nickname instead. But Young Jeezy showed that he's ice cool. Cool, calm, and collected. This is what Young Jeezy did. Kicked a 54-yard field goal with 26 seconds left in overtime, preventing... That double tie, which, for all we know, could have opened up a, port, a wormhole into the next dimension. No more podcasts. Yeah. No more podcasts. And then also, he booted a 53-yard as time expired in regulation. What can this man, what can't this man do, I should say? What a legend. And another loss for the San Francisco 49ers. Talking of tricky situations... We salute anybody that sat through the entirety of the game that took place yesterday in New York. Shout to Sam, our Jets fan, who was on last week. I don't think even he anticipated this. Sports should be fun. should be enjoyable. Fireman Ed hung up his helmet at exactly the right time because... This was a bloodbath in New York. The New York Jets 7, 
the Arizona Cardinals six, which isn't even the story because there isn't much of a story tell there. Horrible football game. Before the game, Tim Tebow was made inactive by Rex Ryan through having a rib injury, which it now comes to pass he didn't have. How biblical. He was made inactive for the game, thus removing the ability to make the decision for him to replace Mark Sanchez, if Mark Sanchez had a not particularly great game. Mark Sanchez threw three interceptions, 10 of 21 passing for 91 yards. Now to say Mark Sanchez came up with his worst ever performance in the history of Mark Sanchez's performances is saying something. He stunk of hot garbage. 10 of 21. Tebow wasn't active. Mm -hmm. The fans couldn't chant Tebow. They could chant McElroy. McElroy, which is the name of Greg McElroy. Quarterback of the Crimson Tide. Took them to a national title. He came in the game. He threw a touchdown pass with Jeff Cumberland. Won the game for the New York Jets. Ryan Lindley, actually even worse for the Cardinals, 10 of 31, 72 yards and one interception. What happens now in New York? Rex Ryan, ever the classy statesman, (laughs) in the press conference afterwards, refused to comment on who his starter was. And to be honest, most most pundits don't know what's going to happen. They're expecting next season that the Jets are going to return with all three quarterbacks. The same three quarterbacks. It's it's just, you, you can't make it up. We've been talking up Tebow all season. We've been saying how amazing he is, partly tongue-in-cheek, partly because we think he's amazing and he is honestly one of the best stories to happen in sports of all time. But you can't make fourth and God part two if you don't put him in. And I don't even necessarily really fully believe the story that Tebow was ready to play on Sunday because ribs right now, it's a serious injury. We're seeing it with Big Ben in Pittsburgh. People are taking their time with these injuries, concussions. All these sorts of injuries are injuries that you're going to have to... But of a player who's hungry to play in a game, you will not get a hungrier player than Tim Tebow. Obviously. Who is just waiting for the next... Mark Sanchez's banana skin to go in there. Yes. So he would have played. Mm-hmm. He's playing. Yes. But let's also not let's not also get ahead of ourselves. McElroy scored <clears throat> through the only touchdown of the whole game. And it's not like the Jets were magically a hundred times better when he played. He just did enough for them to actually beat a pretty bad Cardinals team. Who had their eighth loss in a row this season, playing their third string quarterback. These are two shoddy teams playing each other and quite possibly was one of the worst games in recent memory. And I'm even talking about the Liverpool-Chelsea football games in my recent memory as well. I will say this. Oh, God, I just remembered some of those games. <laughs> oh. I did think... I Sorry, I thought I saw Fireman Ed in the Chelsea crowd. I'm not sure. He is liable to change teams recently, so... Just look out for him down Stamford Bridge. We don't know what happens in New York. The hashtag that is blowing up 
in this world is hashtag free Tebow. Mm-hmm. Skip Bayless is leading this. He wants Tebow to be set free mm-hmm. into the world to win for other teams. And if you love somebody, Inye, set them free. Obviously, this is a motto that we all live by. Different people have a different perspective. They're like, he's that bad, he just couldn't even put him near the team. Mm-hmm. Look, set him free. A team will start him. A team will sell his shirts. In the top ten of selling shirts this season, mm-hmm. each season even in the New York Jets, Tim Tebow goes to show. Even at the Thanksgiving Day bash, we saw a lot of Brady's. We saw a lot of Patriots. One gentleman in that Tim Tebow Jets jersey, which quite possibly might be one of the... I don't know. I think we may have to do a ranking of the worst jerseys that you can ever get. Just in terms of players that had one season in a team or had a really bad season. He hasn't played. <laughs> but I don't expect him to be there next season. I think that someone's really going to take a punt on him. On to the late games. We bigged it up. It was scheduled to be the game of the season. Didn't quite live up to that expectation. But it had its moments. The Cleveland Browns. 20, the Oakland Raiders, yeah, yeah. 17, no, no, <laughs> of course the Browns, they're horrible away, away record, they're almost as bad as Fulham, at the, at the Coliseum, the Raiders are just horrible, can we move on, this is painful to even talk about. The Browns got their first win on the road since September the 18th, 2011, another 300 yard day. From Brandon Whedon. We were even getting people on Twitter were even coming at us predicting the Browns would win the Super Bowl within four years, which was a, <laughs> they've obviously been watching a bit too much Cleveland '95. But look, once Pat Shermer's got out of there, we're going to miss his expressions, utter cluelessness. <laughs> once he's out of there with new ownership, some new talent around the coaching staff, the only way is up for this team and. They can get to six or seven wins. It's a good building block. But, yeah, not much else to say there. We talked about Charlie Batch last week. We speculated on his age. Well, I speculated on his age, and I continue to do so. I speculate on his singing career, to be honest. He was faced with an extremely tough challenge going into Baltimore in the midst of one of the NFL's Biggest rivalries. With ten points down, going into the fourth quarter, he got it done. His Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens in a must-win game, 23-20. And I think we spoke about Andrew Luck. We spoke about some other great performances. I think performance of the week should go to Charlie Batch. I think you're going to find few people are going to disagree with you. The oldest non-kicker in the league goes in in one of the rivalry games and and leads his team to victory. Also, props to Sean Sweesom getting the, the kick for the victory as well for the Steelers. So what does that all mean to the standings? We had a few teams clinching this week. In the AFC, the New England Patriots clinched their division for the ninth time in the last 12 years. Yep. It's quite an achievement. Everybody else in their division is terrible. The New York Jets are in second in that division, <laughs> if you if you can believe that. 
The Baltimore Ravens dropped to 9-3, and three, now just two games ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals on 7-5. and five. Houston Texans clinched the playoff spot, but not the division, thanks to Andrew Luck. They are 11-1 and one with the Colts at 8-4. and four. Peyton Manning clinched the division for his Denver Broncos. They are 9-3. and three. The next best team in that division is a woeful 4-8. and eight. Three other teams in that division next season will all have different coaches, of which you can guarantee. NFC East, big matchup tonight on the Monday Night Football. Obviously, we're not going to cover that, but um, we'll see how the division shakes up after that particular game. We can say this, though. We've been talking about all season, stay up, put on the red, <clears throat> put on the red button, make sure that the BBC know that there are NFL fans out there. And today, the Monday night game will be available in HD. It's amazing. NFC South, clinched by the, by the Atlanta Falcons. San Francisco, game and a half up on... Seahawks, who we were about to count off of, out of the playoff race, but still remain in at 7-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Well, the Seahawks have been in the news this week because of their cornerbacks getting caught for doping. And, you know, you're thinking doping, sportsmen, they've got to get bigger, they've got to get stronger, they've got to get faster. But no. Or more absolutely off their masher <laughs> if they were a member of Arsenal in the early <laughs> 90s. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but this is the NFL, it's clean living true we've, we've seen the Ricky Williams documentary true there's no there's no room for the Paul Merson Ray Parler Tony Adams <laughs> none of, none of that lifestyle nonsense. none no. of that palaver but instead they've been caught for Adderall and there seems to be a rising problem in the NFL and it's a little bit weird because Adderall might be the first performance enhancing drug that more people outside of the sport than in the sport actually take in my past life, I went to high school in America, and I was in high school there from 2001 to 2004, and I was often taking Adderall before tests. I know college kids that were taking Adderalls before tests. I did not know that athletes were still taking Adderall before games to make themselves more alert during games. This is quite possibly one of the weirdest doping stories around this is not masking you know taking some sort of drug to mask human growth hormone or whatever this is so you can be more alert during your your defensive duties it seems to be defensive players that are taking it more than offensive players for some reason for the british people that don't necessarily know what it is is it kind of a bit like pro plus <laughs> in some ways yes i did know asian Asian students who pretended that it was ProPlus, as in they put the pills in the ProPlus bottles. But in fact, it's it's a drug that's used to treat ADHD and ADD, but just sort of for people that don't actually suffer from it, allows them to concentrate a little bit more. Moving on to week 14, and we're going to break down the fantasy playoffs in a second, but some great games. Starts with the Thursday night game returning to its rightful status with the Broncos going into Oakland. Yeah, yeah. The Ravens, local derby, going to DC to take on RG3 and his Washington Redskins. 
should be a good matchup. But surely the pick of the early games, the New York Jets going to the St. Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Can't wait for that one. Who would have thought <laughs> that the Jaguars would have had a better quarterback than the Jets? Just three later games this week. Pick of them being Drew Brees coming off the back of one of his worst ever Drew Brees games. Mm-hmm. Going into New York and taking on the New York Giants. Late game, the Lions take on the Packers. Monday Night Football. People love this as a potential AFC Championship game decider. Lots of hype around this one. This should be a great matchup. The Houston Texans at New England Patriots. In the NFL, they always talk about a team having a season-defining win, and if the Texans beat the Patriots, this might be it, and this might spur them on to getting their first championship. In other non-NFL news, this week, we had a big showdown in the SEC. Georgia took on Alabama. It was a great matchup. Georgia looked like they were going to do it. Alabama, just too much class, taking on Notre Dame for the BCS Championship, January the 7th. It's kind of the matchup everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. The defending champion against America's college team, this should be epic with Alabama heavy favourite. And also, if... You want to see this game, which is going to be on at stupid o'clock, mm-hmm. 1am. There will be a party at what is quickly becoming the home of London-based public NFL watching. Yes. NFL there on big screens every Sunday night. There will be a party showing the Notre Dame-Alabama game very late on January the 7th. Tickets are £10. Includes... Free food mm-hmm. and access to see this game in a surrounding of other fans, yes. alumni, mm-hmm. fans without an allegiance like Kenya and myself will be there. 7th of January should be a great, great occasion. Tickets available through the regular channels. Follow us on Twitter. We'll put the links out there. You can get tickets on Seatwave quite easily. Google that stuff. Follow us on Twitter. You'll be able to find it or approach the number one sports bar directly for tickets to see that one. As we mentioned earlier in the pod, it is now time for the real playoffs. Yes. The real playoffs that matter. It is the start of the fantasy football playoffs. So what we decided to do, we decided to invite back one of our guests from a very early podcast. Mm -hmm. He was on as we were entering into fantasy draft time. And we thought we'd have him back all the way from the West Coast in Seattle. Welcome back our buddy Justin. Justin, how's it going? Very well, guys. Very well. How are you? Great, thanks. Good, so, thanks. breakdown for the listeners in case it's their first season of fantasy football or they're just a fantasy-type follower. Yes. We're entering into the playoffs. What does this actually mean? What's the format over the next couple of weeks? Uh, this is when things get exciting. I mean, we, you know, you get into the playoffs, and, and, and this is when the games start to count. Uh, you know, you're playing for the, the trophy, uh, hopefully, in your league, and you can... Uh, you know, it's, it's similar to the regular season. You match up against uh, the other top teams in the league, and, and the winners advance, and the losers go home. 
So we appreciate all you guys out there play varying different leagues, the NFL, ESPN, Yahoo, CBS Sports, etc. But we're going to stick to the most common formats here, mm-hmm. which is going to be first round, week 14, then week 15, then the final of Fantasy Leagues will take place in week 16, around Christmas. Yes, the true Christmas spirit. It's been an eventful fantasy season, very close to the real season, but obviously in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just give people just your overview? Um, you're somebody that's in four fantasy leagues, two more than we're in, so you can give a perspective on it. What's been your overall take on this year's Fantasy Football League 2012? Uh, you know, I've, I feel like a lot of um, I feel like there's been a lot of surprises this year. Um, you know, looking at guys like Adrian Peterson. I mean, everybody knows he's great, but he's putting together an MVP type of season. Uh, you look at guys like Ray Rice and Jamal Charles, who are dramatically underused by their teams. I think Ray Rice had 12 carries in that, the loss to Pittsburgh over the weekend. Um, so it's I think there's been a lot of surprises in that regard. Some really good rookies in in our league. I'm I'm riding Andrew Luck into the playoffs right now. I got Trent Richardson starting every week as well. So a lot of really good rookies. Um, injuries have really taken a toll on on some great players. You know, Lashawn McCoy is down, and and Bryce Brown has stepped in good for him. Rashad Jennings for Maurice Jones Drew. Um, so I think it's been a lot of of just things people weren't expecting to see uh, going into the season. It's always unpredictable, and we spoke about draft time, and Justin makes a great point. We thought we had some draft bankers. Yes. Some guys that were going to be top of the heap. Some some workhorses. Some workhorses, and some real surprises as well. Who would you say has been, let's ask a question, who's been the biggest bust in fantasy football this season? I don't know if he's necessarily a bust, but I think Matt Stafford has definitely been a really big disappointment. Just because he was, you know, expected to be like in the top, you know, three, four quarterbacks, and he, he really hasn't. He's been he's been fairly average. I mean, not that he's been bad. He's just been average when people expected him to be great. Uh, personally, Andre Johnson's kind of disappointed me. He's come on really strong the last two, three weeks, but before that, he hadn't really done much of anything. I would throw in to the busts a player that myself and Inye drew. Me, myself and Inye traded Brandon Marshall for in week one. Yep. And I've had starting in both of my fantasy leagues. Picked him very high. Extremely disappointing. Jordy Nelson. <laughs> Nelson's had a tough year, that's for sure. Who have been the real surprises? Who have been the real sleepers this year in fantasy football that have come out of nowhere and had a Victor Cruz type rise through the fantasy ranks? Uh, Doug Martin, I mean, for one, has really kind of come out of nowhere. I'm looking at the ESPN scoring or uh, the NFL.com scoring. He's the third highest scoring uh, running back in the in the league. Or yeah, in the in the league. Tony Gonzalez. Does Tony Gonzalez count? <laughs> of course. I mean, I feel like everybody knows about Tony Gonzalez, but but according to, to NFL.com, he's the highest scoring fantasy tight end ahead yeah, of even Brown. Yeah. Angel ain't nothing but a number. Looking at the positional charts. And for those of you who don't know, quarterbacks and running backs, in effect, win fantasy football leagues. Now, before we went into this season, just to recap our fantasy pod, some advice that we gave was to stay away from people with histories of injury. Yes. That was an ultimate fantasy no-no. Don't fall for sentiment. So, we warned people off two of the most high-profile NFL players coming off horrific injuries... Peyton Manning and Adrian Peterson, 
we couldn't have got that any wronger, could we really? Uh, no, no, you really couldn't. I mean, Peyton Manning has been lights out. Adrian Peterson's probably going to win the MVP award. I mean, they, they both could win the MVP award uh, for, for their respective divisions. So uh, those guys are, are killing it. I mean, between those two and, and Tony Gonzalez, I feel like it's like 2007 again or something like that where, <laughs> where those guys were just, just tearing the league up. Now it's playoff time. It's a completely different ball game. Yep. Sounds like something Sky would say. <laughs> Super Sunday. <laughs> We see it every week when we break down the scores. We see it on fantasy. Players with a bit more, few more miles on the clock starting to decline a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now players starting to increase, get a bit more playing time as we go into the next few weeks. And also players maybe starting to get benched by their teams for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. All the wrong reasons if you're Reggie Bush. Playoffs can really change. Who do we see as the players that are potentially, over the next few weeks, maybe going to be available on the waiver wire, maybe coming back to fitness, or players that are really starting to go off the boil, that maybe some owners that really want a last bit of help, who should they be thinking about maybe avoiding over the next couple of weeks, and then maybe cashing in on the next couple of weeks? How's it all going to change? Um, so so what I normally do is I like to look for, for players that are – in the middle of like a playoff battle, you know, teams like Seattle and San Francisco, Green Bay and Chicago, those teams are really like, you know, neck and neck to, to get into the wild card spot. Whereas you look at teams like, like New England or Atlanta who have, who have pretty much secured a home field advantage, Houston, another team, those guys are the ones you tend to avoid. Cause I, you know, I'd be willing to bet money that guys like Tom Brady, Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub, Aaron Foster won't be playing full games over the next two or three weeks as they rest up for the playoffs and, and just to avoid injury. Uh, conversely, you know, like I was saying, guys that, that are, are, you know, really kind of itching to, to get into the playoffs. I, you know, I really like Miles Austin towards the end of the season. He kind of made me mad yesterday because he only had two catches, but he got the touchdown, so I can't ask for too much more. Um, but guys like that, that, that play for those teams that are, are fighting to get into, uh, and into the playoffs would be uh, a really good pickup at this point. How's things Seattle side? How are people feeling about Russell Wilson? Is it one week they're on, one week they're off? What's the general uh, Russell Wilson vibe and update, Seattle side? I, I feel like everybody's either either in love with him or they hate him. Uh, I have several friends that, that think he's going to become this great quarterback, myself included, and then I have a few friends that every time he throws an incomplete pass, I get a text message saying that Russell Wilson sucks. So it's, it's definitely text messages again. <laughs> It's, it's definitely very split, but I mean, as long as he keeps winning, we can't complain too much. I think people are just mostly upset that they haven't seen Matt Flynn. They want to know what, what he's got and what he can do, but you know, we're sitting pretty good. We're in the wild card spot right now, and we're, we're in a position where we can compete with San Francisco with a very favorable uh, last four games of the season. We can't figure out the Seahawks. We like them going into the season. Didn't, as you say, know what Russell Wilson was about. Mm-hmm. Really hard to pick where they're going to pull out a wild card spot. We change our mind from week to week. True. But every game hinges on Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Will he do it or won't he? But as neutrals, as you know, we're not we're not Seattle people like yourself. He's a guy you want to root for. He's got that vibe about him. Yeah, I think he's a nice guy. He plays well. He plays hard. He's you know he's not some. Russell Wilson's a nice kid, and, and um, you know he's all super religious and everything, but good for him. Despite that, he gets, he gets Justin thumbs <laughs> they up. Cut that out. I don't, we don't <laughs> Justin, out of curiosity, how is the Adderall up in Seattle? <laughs> 
You know, I, I thought that was uh, that was hilarious. I've never heard of, of Adderall as a performance enhancing drug before. Uh, we 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 actually mentioned uh, about it in the the earlier pod, uh, well earlier in this pod about the uh, Adderall intake of certain Seattle players. But how do you feel that the banning of the two cornerbacks is going to affect the team as the team tries to get a playoff spot? I, I mean, it, it's it hurts. You know, those are our defenses are our meal ticket, if you will. Like the, those guys are um, are very important. I mean. Uh, Sherman in particular, Sherman's our guy. Like that guy's incredible, and and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, we we'll still have a, a good pass rush, and we have other good uh, uh, secondary players, but losing those guys definitely hurts. Right. So, Justin, best of luck with the rest of fantasy football season. Hope you win one, two, three, or all of your leagues, yep. apart from the one you're going against up us in. Mm-hmm. But we shall see. But uh, thanks for coming to North London Forty, and we will speak to you next time. Great, thanks for having me, guys. So, thanks to Justin, and thanks for giving us a couple of pearls for the rest of uh, fantasy fantasy football playoffs. Not as if it's going to matter to us. <laughs> we are currently playing for the Consolation Cup, whatever that is. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking out North London 40. It's going to be a great week in the NFL, and we will see you next week. Take care.